This is Shannon Atkins and you're listening to Farming on Mars. Hey everyone, I'm Sierra Ware and this is Farming on Mars, a podcast that tells the stories of agriculture on the South Plains of Texas. Growing up on a cotton farm in the world's largest cotton producing area instilled a passion in me for agriculture early on. And now that I'm a college agronomy student myself, my love for farming and having great conversations with those who have come before me has only grown. With each podcast, I want to highlight and hear the unique stories of this region's farmers, agronomists, business people, and anyone else who's involved in agriculture here on the South Plains. Before I jump into this first interview, I want to thank Cody West for allowing me to use his song Melody for this podcast. I also want to quickly explain the name of the podcast. If you started searching on iTunes for info on starting a colony on Mars, you just might want to go back and search again. This is about the land here around the South Plains, which can be just about as harsh sometimes as what I would imagine Mars being like. We usually only get about 18 inches of rain a year, and soil in most places has a very distinctive reddish color that almost makes you think that you are living on the surface of the red planet. This week for episode one, I sat down with Mr. Shannon Adkins, a forward-thinking farmer who grows cotton in Crosby and Lubbock County, along with his wife and three sons who have also been involved in the operation. We covered everything from controlling glyphosate-resistant weeds and cover crops to why he loves farming and couldn't imagine doing anything else. So today I'm talking to Mr. Shannon Adkins, and the first thing I'd like to talk about is how you got into the farming business. I'm a third generation cotton farmer. My granddad farmed, my dad farmed, and growing up as a kid, watching my granddad sit on that bowling tractor, my dad riding a ditcher back behind and cranking that well, and watering the crops, I was just always attracted to it. That's just all I ever wanted to do was farm. I thought it was pretty fascinating to be able to cut that ditch and run that water down it and siphon those tubes out down the road. And of course, late, you know, love messing with the cows and the pigs and all animals. I was just a country boy. I never liked school, but city life. I just enjoyed the, enjoyed the country. Especially with glyphosate-resistant weeds having been such an issue the past few years, how are you keeping your fields clean, and what residual herbicides are you incorporating into your weed control program? The best way to kill a weed is pre-emergent. Stop it before it ever comes up. The dicamba is a good aid, but if you don't spray them when they're really small, it, it just doesn't work. And the Liberty's the same way. You've got to use pre-emergence and, and stack them on top of each other and keep that weed from coming up. That's your best chance. Try to use uh, Valor in the spring and then use uh, a white when we plant, typically a Direx or Cotteran, a Caparol, kind of switch them out a little bit. Then uh, going to go this coming year to a half rate of Caparol and half rate of Direx. And then we'll uh, come back just as soon as we can and put uh, typically dual, a generic dual over the top and have used some other products. Outlook warrant, warrant's a good product. It, it takes a little more rainfall. And then uh, let those set on there in 30 days, try to run a hood and come back with, uh, with Direx or another dose of Valor or something up under that cotton. If we need to, we'll, we'll, we'll plow it still. I mean, we get in a situation we got weeds, we'll run a, a knife through there, and uh, we will hire hoe hands if we need to. So anything to keep them going to seed. It's hard to get your rye up for cover crop if you have the reflex on there. It's kind of, kind of the only thing that tends me to pull back from it. 
So, I know you've been incorporating cover crops some into your own operation, but what's your take on using them here on the South Plains, and how do you think row spacing influences that as well? I'm going through that transition now. I hate the cover crop and the no-till just simply because I'm old school. I like to plow it. I like to clean. When, when I set a plow and you go into the field, you know what you've got. All you got to do is get out and look behind. When you spray a chemical, you've got to wait a week to two weeks and see if it's going to work or rain or kill it. And uh, So I've really struggled with the transition to the no-till and, and well as the cover crops. Uh, the cover crops in the spring, when you get a rain day after day and you have sand fight and, it, and the dirt blows your cotton out, it's, it's wonderful to have out there. You get a rain and you go home and rest a little bit to get the sprayer ready versus sand fighting day after day and wearing your body out. And, uh, uh, so there's a lot, of, a lot of pros to the no-till. I'm trying to get there. Where you have a cover, if you can get one rain in there, you, you, you've replenished everything you've taken out of it. Because where, that, where you plow it, that water just runs off. That stuff on the highway, we shredded the stalks 10 inches tall and left them and left that trash, planted it. And because we didn't plow that ground, we were able to move that moisture closer to the mm -hmm. seed beds. And we got nine-tenths of rain, and boom, and it planted good. And where we had cover crop, and I, I, I'm, I'm like you, I bought this thing, I've said here, it'll never work. Mm -hmm. But where I have cover is where I have a crop this year and a good crop. We're going 30-50s, or we're going to at least be prepared to go 30-50s if it's a dry year. Kittens next to me, and I've sat there, and I've every year, I'm, that won't work. You can't do that. You can't plant cover in 80-inch strip. Well, they're kicking my butt year after year after year. And I woke up one morning, and I went, that'll work. I'm gonna learn, and that and they're they're so. I said you can't sow that cover in that drill, but where they're moving in and they plant it early and kill it early, they got thirty fifty cotton up. It looks it looks really good. Do you think that the CS six nineties, the new stripper balers, are something that you could see adding to your operation, or do you think that the cost of those machines outweighs what you're actually getting, even with the labor issue? Well, for me personally. The cost is, is more to to have enough acres and bales to pay for that and justify it. You're going to spend about a hundred thousand dollars in wrap. So in an operation of of two thousand acres, you know that hundred thousand dollars I feel like is something I would rather try to keep in my bank account and continue to try to deal with the deal with the labor situation. And you know one thing that, that's helped is uh, automatic packers and cameras and remotes you know in these tractors so uh, we're trying to do it with fewer and fewer people every year and if we have to pay more it takes a little longer that's a sacrifice i'm certainly willing to to endure versus you know you're looking at, at three quarters of a million dollars for a cs 690 and uh, I, I think i would be better off retiring renting my land out and uh, rent it to someone that has a cs 690 and let you bear the cost you know, if the wrap was affordable, I, I could I could certainly see it, you know, coming into play for, for the smaller farmer. And when I say smaller farmer, 1,500, 2,000 acres. With the South Plains not being the easiest place to farm, what gives you the motivation to get up every day and go to work? I think uh, 
beautiful weather. As far as in the evenings and early in the mornings, it does cool off here. Very beautiful early out in the morning checking the wells. And uh, in the evenings when you go home, even on the hot summer days, it cools off. And uh, always enjoy planting something, watch it grow, try to keep it clean, make it look as good as, as you can, and make it produce as good as you can. And taking that to harvest and completing it, there's just a, I don't know, a fulfillment in that, I guess in some ways take pride in that. It's, it is hard to do. It's really difficult in, in this area where it doesn't rain. And, uh, and I, I, we don't know any different. We, we love what we do or we wouldn't do it. We just, it just, I wish we could get back to where we could make money at it again because we had some really good times back in the, in the late 90s and even the 2000s when, uh, you know, didn't have these Roundup resistance weeds and, uh, now it just seems like we're putting everything back at risk every year with the inputs as high. And uh, it's it's not as much fun, I guess, as it used to be. But we still want to continue to do it and keep the family farm together if possible. And that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to Farming on Mars. Again, thank you to Cody West for allowing me to use his song Melody. Please go check out his album called Green. You definitely won't regret it. I hope you all enjoyed learning more about Mr. Shannon Adkins as much as I did, and check back next week for another great conversation about the people of the plains. Hearing all the words they said, I don't know.